Welcome to Life Beat. Today we're joined by Natalie for her last time before she leaves us for law school. So welcome, Natalie. Hello. <laughs> well, uh, the big issue since our last podcast, obviously the Brett Kavanaugh nomination to the U.S. Supreme Court. And there's uh, a lot of different important topics to cover about that. First off, I just thought it'd be helpful to uh, keep in mind that when you listen to us, you're going to get good analysis. When you listen to the other side, maybe not so much. Well, you know, it's just a total travesty that he used his credit card once to pay for some baseball tickets. No, we can't have Supreme Court uh, justices going to baseball games. Or um, using credit cards. What if, the, what if the Washington Nationals are in a Supreme Court case? He'd have to recuse himself as a season ticket holder, Natalie. This is a serious concern. This is such a concern. <laughs> And what if the Yankees were there? He'd have to... I don't know. Who's the rivals of the Nationals? I know nothing about baseball. Okay. Well, me neither, other than old Tiger stuff. Anyway. Um, so the other side has gone a little bit out of their way. Let's see here. Um, a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Uh, the baseball tickets. Um, he has a debt that he paid off, mm -hmm. which is apparently bad. Um, that sounds responsible to me, though. They, like. <laughs> they don't like his first name, Brett. Uh, clearly a strike there. Um, oh, yeah, his name sounds like a frat boy. Yes, Nayral said it's a frat boy name, and therefore he can't be on the Supreme Court because he hates women. Just because of his name. Right. That's uh, funny. The Huffington Post said the fact that he loves his wife and his two girls and coaches girls basketball does not mean that he doesn't hate women, basically. Um, so there you go. Uh, I'm trying to think any other important, uh, criticisms that we should cover here. Uh, it's just been kind of interesting <laughs> to read some of these headlines. Cause it's like, huh, I didn't know that someone's name could automatically characterize them as someone. I thought we were trying to, you know, move on from characterizing and stereotyping people because of the way they are or what their name is or the way they look. So I told, I was telling people to expect Bork times Thomas and it could get that bad, but I mean, so far it's more like an episode of The Office or something. It just this doesn't make sense, does it? No, it's just kind of funny because their hashtag Kavanaugh scandals was trending <laughs> on Twitter and we're like reading through them and they're like the most ridiculous things ever That's like it, he doesn't have any scandals on him <laughs> you know natalie i heard that he uses comic sans in his emails <laughs> okay that's a travesty our graphic <laughs> design department they were lost on him right there that was it they knew he wasn't the one huh yeah. Well, um, back in adult world, uh, you look at Kavanaugh's record, and he's extremely well qualified. He served 12 years on the D.C. Circuit, which is kind of the second highest court in the land because they take a lot of uh, cases involving the federal government because they're in the District of Columbia. Um, a lot of his, he's widely respected in the legal community. He's got degrees from Yale, undergraduate in law. He teaches at Harvard. 
Uh, he's got all most of his clerks go on to this have gone to the Supreme Court. One of his yeah. clerks is even on President Trump's list for the Supreme Court. Which so is pretty cool. Uh, extremely well respected legal mind. He was actually hired at Harvard by Elena Kagan. You yeah. know, my favorite of my least favorite Supreme Court <laughs> justices, as you know. Yeah. Um, I wonder if your replacement is gonna like Sonia Sotomayor. <laughs> Not like Maybe. so. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll have to break her in slowly. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, I mean, Kavanaugh seems like a pretty solid guy. Um, he really does. He's got a real cute family, worked in the Bush administration, obviously just really well qualified all over around, and really involved, it seems like, with his daughters. And I thought he, I liked his speech when he was talking about how the kids all call him Coach K. Coach K. <laughs> You know, if, if, he, if he hadn't gone to Yale and been involved at all in, you know, politics and government and service and, the, you know, he's, he's like an average Joe. He really kind of is. You know, his assets, assets aren't really that high. He's just, he seems just like a normal guy. Right. That's why, like you know, he only has a couple hundred thousand dollars in his bank account, not like everyone else in D.C. So they, I don't know, that was a kind of a scandal too. Like, he's yeah. not rich like the rest of us here in <laughs> right. Washington, D.C. Like, hmm. What a travesty. Okay. Um, so, uh, so really the criticism, because there's nothing else there of him, has been kind of about Roe versus Wade. And if you look at his record, he's had two abortion cases. Um, he's been very careful in his opinions, but he's voted uh, against um, uh, the Obama administration in terms of trying to force Priests for Life to purchase, for example... Uh, IUDs or whatnot um, against their will, and then he has ruled in favor of the Trump administration. Uh, and they said, you know, you can't force us to uh, facilitate an abortion for a teen that crossed the border illegally, which the ACLU tried to do. And the ACLU, as we covered on this podcast, lied about to the Trump administration. But uh, anyway, shocking, shocking. Um, and so. Would he overturn Roe versus Wade? We, I don't know. We honestly have no idea. He's never ruled on anything really that abortion related, just kind of on the outskirts of it. He seems very much like you're a very much originalist, um, very into like the history and the context of laws, which I think is really important and much more like your Clarence Thomas. Neil Gorsuch type of judge. But it's interesting to see how that transitions on to the Supreme Court because I think he won't have a problem getting on. Yeah, most people seem to think that he's going to be uh, a lock to get a couple uh, Democratic senators in tough races have already said nice things about him. Mm -hmm. Susan Collins has already said nice things about him. Uh, John McCain said really nice things about him. Who knows if he'd, right. you know, be able to in his, in his health condition to come up and uh, cast a vote for him. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's really no roadblock there. Uh, you know, we would like him to overturn Roe versus Wade. We would like John Roberts to be, feel confident in doing that because, uh, if he gets, uh, Kavanaugh on to be perhaps the fifth vote, because it is such a horribly decided case. Um, but if you look at the discussion online and with abortion groups, uh, they can't be honest about it because obviously, you know, they don't want judges who are honest about their role. They want judges who are just going to vote for whatever they want. And um, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, that means the 
abortion issue goes back to the states. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the voters have a say again, and they're elected officials. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that should be how it is like every other issue. We, we mm -hmm. shouldn't put, you know, abortion was never added to the Constitution. No constitutional amendment was ever added in by a, a vote of state legislatures or Congress about abortion, you know, there's no reason that abortion should be some sort of, you know, the, the ability to take the life of a human being should be a sacrosanct right. In a country right. whose Declaration of Independence calls the right to life, uh, you know, one of the most important things, it's in essence our mission statement as a country. It really is. to is. protect and defend the right to life along with liberty and among other rights. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Fox News has been really good about bringing it back to, like, you know, it would go down to the states and really breaking that down because people are just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be overturned and it's going to be criminalized right away and people are going to be thrown in jail. Thousands of women are going to die, <laughs> right. says the... Oh, that's one more thing I have to mention. So the Women's March is that they had that big march <laughs> and somehow now they're an actual organization and they sent out a press release about like four seconds after the Kavanaugh announcement came. And in the, they forgot to paste in the name of Kavanaugh in one section, so it said uh, nominee XX and uh, would pronounce a death sentence. They said death sentence for thousands of women, and then later on in the press release they misspelled Kavanaugh. So, <laughs> you know, now, I'll be honest, in public relations, sometimes you pre-write uh, press releases. Like I wrote, I pre-wrote a press release mm -hmm. on the... Um, Nifla. On the Nifla case. Yeah. And I put in my best guess of what would happen, but that didn't come true. And so I went back and, and it was significantly revised. Right. I didn't just uh, send it out there with uh, <laughs> vote XX. Or, you know, I mean, they didn't even think about it. They didn't really Justice. look at the nominee at That's all. Nice. I mean, I yeah. we read the case before we sent out the press release. Yeah. But, you know, so... Right, they just automatically, they've just been running so far to the left with their narrative just to scare people to be like, oh my gosh, they're going to be criminalized if they have abortions. Obviously, we have to keep it the way it is. That's what they're trying to do, but uh, it's important to educate yourself on what's really going on. So uh, a lot of people were kind of rooting for Trump to pick Amy Coney Barrett, not necessarily because she really doesn't have a record, but because they thought that the other mm -hmm. side would absolutely lose their minds, and that would be helpful for the election. I don't think that's necessarily the best uh, decision to pick a nominee mm -hmm. on, but um, she otherwise seems like a fine, uh, you know, she's a very fine lawyer and qualified in mm -hmm. her own right. But by picking an average Joe, is it does it does it make it that much more crazy when there people are just going nuts about it? I think it's good. Well, like with Amy Coney Barrett, when she was just getting appointed to the up, um, the circuit court they were just because she was catholic they were trying to say she was like in a cult and all this stuff and they did they literally said she's in a cult even though it's some yeah ecumenical group it's that, like a, essentially like a prayer you don't group. even have to be catholic to join yeah 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 right. it's a cult um, well catholic. they call them they call them handmaidens natalie in the gr <laughs> group the term they came up with 20 years ago before that horrible right. book was ever Game. And Kavanaugh's Catholic, too, but conveniently, they haven't said he's in a cult yet, so just give it another day or two. Well, I'm sure the dogma lives loudly within <laughs> him, too, Natalie. Um, 
you know, he was serving a soup kitchen. You know, he was he was serving right. food. You know, just a few How, hours after the nomination. Right. Did they have a license for that food booth? How Natalie? dare he? He serve might have been food selling the food. That, yeah. How dare he? <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, so it's your last podcast, Natalie. We've, we've <laughs> talked about in the office and obviously on the podcast a lot of very interesting issues. And earlier on, you said there's been so many weird things, I can't really think of one, but we're going to put you on the spot. What is the weirdest thing that we've discussed in the office? Because we have to deal with some pretty strange stuff. I don't even know where to start. The craziest one most recently is the guy who called and told me about the aborted babies being in GMOs. Okay, you can't get over that. <laughs> it was that, only a couple of weeks ago, that understandable. Was, that was really interesting. I think my first total, like, throw-into-the-fire moment here was, um, it probably came, like, right away and had to do with some of the vaccine stuff. I think you were gone or something, and I had no idea about any of the vaccine stuff, and this person was calling me and was, like, really upset that we were, like, anti-vaccine, and I knew a little bit about the topic at the time, but not that much. And they're just like yelling at me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> that was probably the scariest moment, I guess. But that didn't, one... <laughs> didn't scare you away. No, no. Well, uh, since I was involved in college, I got to experience some of the craziness there. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I started, it was... Um... It was a rash, and Life News was covering extensively, there was a rash of people uh, attacking pregnant women and cutting out their babies to keep them as their oh, own. Oh, I remember that happening. That was horrible. And, uh, and so that was my first, like, what did I get <laughs> myself into? Um, so, so you worked, so you worked, you, you, were, you were a leader on campus mm -hmm. doing, like, activism, and now you're in now you're in and you're leaving, but you're in a, in a nonprofit role where you're not really doing activism. You're almost like you're helping the activists. So what's which do you prefer? Do you prefer being out and getting dirty, getting your elbows in the in the dirt, or do you prefer, you know, being here and kind of assisting I'm, the I'm definitely a behind the scenes person. Like I like uh, that's the thing I like the most about being a leader too is like making sure that everything is like set up for like either the next person or like when you have event making sure like all the logistics and everything are set. That's what I kind of like more as a leader and delegating and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of the interesting thing about here too is like you get to become like an expert on these topics and like um, sometimes I'm at the front and will answer the phones and I like doing that because like sometimes like crazy people will call with like kind of off the wall questions and when you know the answer and you can answer it's kind of cool and it gives you like confidence <laughs> like oh I know about this really wild topic that's you know they're talking about like uh, what was one the other day uh, with some of the John James stuff right now uh, with the uh, that's been good. I know a lot about that. Um, just random, random abortion topics. I would have never thought I would have known about that. I do now know. Yeah, I guess I guess we could say we are experts on our on our issue. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard. It is such a strange. But there's not a lot of people out there, you know. 
Mm-hmm. You, you read news stories, you read uh, elected officials talking about issues, and, and you just look at, you know, people having no idea. I think there was a poll the other day that majority millennials have no idea that Roe versus Wade even involves abortion. And so That's there's a lot of me. ignorance out there or a lot of just lack of knowledge. Well, that I think is the most fascinating thing, too, because I was talking to, like, my mom and my grandma, and I've talked to dozens of people about it, that they really don't realize that abortion in the United States is legal through all nine months of pregnancy. They're like, oh, no, it's not. No, it actually is. And I think that that is, unfortunately, the abortion industry's goal. They want to hide you from that. Mm -hmm. But why we're here to make sure people know that. So um, you're getting, you're going off to law school. You're getting involved in the legal side of stuff. So um, we've had a couple legal battles here, (laughs) kind of behind the scenes. So. What, what case do you want to take up for Right to Life of Michigan once you have your nice new law degree and you're going to give us free pro bono help? <laughs> well, hopefully by the time I'm done, it'd be cool if like all the Roe v. Wade stuff had sorted itself out and it had finally gotten thrown out by the Supreme Court. I think that would be pretty cool to be able to come back to Michigan since the fight's going to be really here in Michigan since it's on the books here that abortion is illegal to be able to come back and help and make sure it stays that way. We do. A couple other states might be in a similar situation, but when you look at everything, we think that Mm -hmm. we would be the first based on our own um, kind of unique situation. So. Ballot question committee. That's that's yeah. always a fun time here. You you were not here for any of our. Um, no. Yeah, we 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 kind of turn in from a pro life organization supporting our affiliates to a a ballot campaign collecting yeah. signatures and whatnot and. It gives me nightmares thinking about collecting signatures. <laughs> well, as staff, you know we, I mean we will on our own time. Some of us will collect signatures, but when you have to process some three hundred thousand. And uh, quite unique, we check every petition. We don't hire petition signatures. And when we get them, we don't just toss them into the pile. We make sure as much as we can that these are valid signatures. So That's important. You've missed out, but maybe you'll have another opportunity. Maybe. In the near future. Yeah, that's I think that would be my the coolest thing I could do. I definitely will be still involved. I don't think the pro-life movement is not one you can run away from because I definitely tried and they sucked me back in. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think it's the kind of the coolest thing is I go to a lot of political events in my spare time. And whenever like people are bickering or something about an issue, I'm just like, oh, I work for the right to life of Michigan. And suddenly people are like really nice. They're like, oh my goodness, that's so awesome. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How to solve political arguments <laughs> among well, conservatives. we're not universally <laughs> uh, beloved, but um, we do have a good track record. Among so. socially conservative people, we are. <laughs> so um, you've worked with a lot of speakers. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite pro-life speaker? Ooh, um, I have a couple, I guess, different levels of that I would like. Like a re- like a really like higher end speaker who I think is really uh, um, inspirational would be like Abby Johnson, like for like high mm-hmm. end want to spend more money. 
I, she's one of the first people I saw when I first got involved, and I think that her story is really interesting. I like the conversion stories, like mm-hmm. when they came over and became pro-life. Um, but, but on now, she's not the most expensive. Spe- she's not like no, fifty thousand no. dollars, but we're talking, you know, she's like seven thousand five hundred. Just got her updated number. Oh, there, yeah, <laughs> which is not at all bad if you look at no. some of the speaker prices. It's just, but but yeah, she does a great job. She's really good. She's. Uh, one of the first ones I saw, very inspiring for, I guess, like someone more like locally known would probably have to be Shauna Pruitt, but she doesn't speak anymore, but, but she's going into bigger and better things. She is. She's just, her story is just really cool. And I got to see her speak several times now. And every time her story just hits you like a different way that's even more impactful than it was before so when you work and shauna pruitt of course is featured in um, life uninvited our mm-hmm. compassion project adds um she was raped and had the child and had to fight mm-hmm. her uh, rapist for custody of her child um when you get to work with speakers you get to follow them mm-hmm. through the years and so she started out she's a she's a lawyer so extremely talented but mm-hmm. it was very What's the word I'm looking for? She didn't have, didn't was not quite as outgoing as a lot she of speakers are. You know, she well, she didn't have a lot of experience in a kind of you know doing a speak at a banquet or or a conference. But as she kept, I remember I saw her early on, and you know she was she even early on she was a great speaker and people loved her. But I remember hearing her a couple years later again. I'm like, wow, she has really become a great. So it is really encouraging to see people. I've been here 10 years. You've been, you've only been here a year, but... Um, It'll be almost two. But almost two. Well, I know. <laughs> time changes. Time goes a little I differently know. when you're over 30 now, like, let me tell you. I guess. <laughs> but I just, I like to her because, and a couple other speakers are like this too. I think this is something Kristen Polo does a good job at too. Uh, she makes it, I feel like when they're talking, they are more like talking with you, not like at you, mm-hmm. make it more of like a conversation and like something that you could like go back and talk to people about. And that's what I, I like. And Kristen does a good job of that too. So they say social media is a conversation and not talking at people, Natalie. Can you, and I'll segue into, so you've, you've done some of our social media, mm-hmm. you've done Facebook, Twitter, you're responsible for our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, what's okay? So I have to, we'll have to get this off here. So so you love dank pro life memes. So, <laughs> Not as much as Casey. So <laughs> there is a there. Is, so the older pro life folks may like uh, stuff from live action <laughs> or uh, stuff from Life News or you know. Um, but uh, for the younger pro-life set, it is almost like a little different culture, and you guys love dank pro-life memes. Who I have to say, you know, they've they've uh, they helped us out in a really strange Twitter argument. So right. kudos to them; they do a good job. <laughs> but it's definitely a millennial thing. It just it it humanizes the issue in a comical way. 
Uh, they had like a good meme the other day that was like from SpongeBob or something. And I, I can remember this episode and like they're t- SpongeBob talking. on Life Beat. This guy is talking to Patrick Starr and it's just like you know talking about like when a woman becomes pregnant, like what is she pregnant with? And they're like human, blah, blah like that argument. And then at the end, they're like, oh, but, like, can you, like, have an abortion to kill your baby? And then Patrick's like, well, yes. And it's just kind of interesting because it just shows you, like, how these people will know these, like, basic facts. Like, oh, yes, it is a human. It is a baby. But you still have the right to kill it. So just it. It's like, yeah, like, it is ridiculous sometimes what we're fighting because, you know, our argument is so basic and everyone at the end of the day could probably agree with us, but just like getting people to come over on our side. So that's why I like them. <laughs> well, um, you know, sarcasm is my second language. So I, I sometimes <laughs> I appreciate the humor. Um, I can understand some people will, you know, might think, well, you know, you, you're talking about abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Abortion is extremely serious. You know, how do you laugh? But, um, it is, it is difficult when you, your job mm-hmm. for, you know, every day, day after day is you're not, you know, you think about social workers or you think about pregnancy center workers. I mean, it's it's an issue that takes a toll on you because you're reading about horrible things. And whereas other people might never be able to, may be able to avoid, for example, you know, one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen is the second trimester D&E abortion, mm-hmm. like videotaped, you know, so you can see the thing live, you know. It's something your average person doesn't have to see, but, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, you're pro-life, oh, I have to go edit our uh, pictures of, uh, our page of the pictures of abortion. Like, you see bad stuff. And so sometimes, mm-hmm. you you know, you have the gallows humor to... I think, too, sometimes, well, the humor helps break it up, too, but... I think sometimes you can get almost, I don't want to say desensitized, but you just see all these photos all the time. But I think adding the humor into it too is then when you see those photos again, it's like that reality check of what you're working for and like reminding yourself like, okay, like, yes, you can like laugh and have fun and like you need to break that up. But like, this is like an important issue and like remembering how serious it is too. So did you now? Do you so you so when you were in Michigan State, mm-hmm. uh, you were dealing with the abortion issue maybe once, twice, three times a week, depending on if you had an activity mm-hmm. going on or just a meeting or whatnot. But here you deal with it every day. So did you do you feel kind of desensitized at all? Because it is, it is hard when um, I mean it is hard because it, you, I mean you read so much it does kind of lose its impact. It it does a little bit, but I would say I'm more aware. I think like being like a student leader or really not even working in the pro-life movement, there's so much that you just, you don't know. And it's not because, you know, you don't care what not. It's just because there's so much going on, like knowing what's going on is inherently within itself like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so it's just very different. So now I'm definitely more aware and I know of the different things going on and things to look for. But I would, yeah, I don't know if I'm desensitized. I, there's been a few times though, like I have had to step back and 
some moments it's harder to defend than others, you know, uh, the life issues and you have to step back and be like, you know, I know a lot, but I have to remember that you have to kind of talk in smaller words sometimes to get people to understand you and throwing out the really crazy extreme cases just scares people sometimes. So it's okay if you don't expel all of your knowledge out to them <laughs> right away. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know. People are like, I see you posted something on your personal Facebook about this issue. And I'm like, I could post something five times a day, every day, and you would not... If not more. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last question for you, uh, what's kind of a really good memory or what moment do you have here in your work that you're most happy with, that you feel the most sense of accomplishment with? I wouldn't necessarily say that there's one specific moment. I would say kind of like more like everything I've done here. Because I never, I never would have thought I would have come to work in the pro-life movement. I'm, oh, it was very political. So that was always where my first love was. And But realizing that you can kind of marry the two is kind of cool. Uh, I mean, everything, like the conference was cool and... You were impressed how calm I was <laughs> through the whole thing. Yes, event planning is <laughs> it's like being shot at. Yeah, but it, it, it's Except never without the glory me. afterwards. <laughs> um, that was really cool. I, I like doing like the um, oratory contest to see the kids and how excited they are. I think that's really cool. Casey's puns. I'm probably going to miss those. <laughs> um, I think just like everyone, like... Uh, Everyone here is kind of cool and has their own story and being able to talk to them about it's interesting and yeah. It is an awesome place to work. It's yeah. kind of like a family. Everyone is, that was, that's I think going to be the hardest thing about leaving because I haven't always necessarily enjoyed my time in West Michigan, but coming here, it's like there's a family and like everyone loves you and cares about you and that's been like the saving grace through my West Michigan experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The ringing endorsement for, for West yeah. Michigan. Someone from the <laughs> east side of the state. No. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks. Have a wonderful summer weekend.